Hey, Horror Hounds. We are back with episode 7 of Ghostman and Rivera's Horror Show Podcast. I'm Mike Ghostman Pickle. And I'm James Rivera. Today we have guest filmmaker with us, Alfredo Abanza. What's going on, everyone? Perfect. So you we're going to start off with some with us news. and uh, discuss the news with us, and then afterwards we're going to talk about some of his short films and the filmmaking process. But let's start with the news. Rob Zombie finally tweeted out a photo from Three for, uh, from Three from Hell, the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. A picture of his wife Sherry Moon Zombie is Baby Firefly. Halloween makeup artist Chris Nelson teases us on some of the kills in Halloween. Guillermo del Toro is producing a remake of The Witches, the Raw Doll classic, to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. It Chapter 2 started filming early this week and the cast, the main cast, has been announced. Pet Cemetery started filming yesterday. And finally, Bobcat Goldthwait is coming out with a new anthology series on True TV. Alright, let's start off with Rob Zombie. So he tweeted out a photo from the film Three from Hell, his sequel to The Devil's Rejects. The caption of the photo is, uh, notice the bullet wounds on her arm. He's referring to his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. And, uh, uh, you can see a lot of, you can see that she has scars. So I'm guessing they survived the shootout at the end of The Devil's Rejects? Yeah, she's, she's definitely in jail. Okay. In the picture, right? And then previously there was also one tweeted of, uh, uh, Otis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with his uh, uh, mugshot with him flipping a bird. So they obviously survived the big shootout at the end, and now they've been in prison all these years. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar story to the new Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I got a bit of a, a Natural Born Killers vibe. I don't know about you. Like the, the story oh, was going to go in that direction. Like these crazed killers have been in uh, prison all this time, and they're going to reunite and start another killing spree. What do you think? I got a vibe like that, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I was a big fan of the first two films. I'm not really big on Rob Zombie's Halloween flicks. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. The My only thing is that The Devil's Rejects, the ending where uh, they they get killed in the shootout to Leonard Skinner's Freebird. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great ending and like a great send-off for that family. And... I think it stretches believability that, that they would have survived that shootout a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see how that, that he, works out. He made that yeah. final climax so much about that, about them meeting their final demise yeah. and getting riddled with bullet holes. So I'd yeah, be curious to see of, how that played out. What do you think of that? I mean, I haven't seen the picture yet, but yeah, I mean, it was a great ending for that film. I mean... Fans wanted it, so he's probably making another one. You know, it's like I don't. Know if, it depends on the story, but hopefully, he lives up to it. I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that he's doing this because um, his most recent horror flicks, like Thirty One and Lords mm, of Salem and be. Halloween Two, they haven't really been that well received by the horror audience. So it seems like he's going back to the well to what horror fans do like from him, which was the first two yeah. films, House of a Thousand Corpses and it's The Devil's Rejects. for sure thing. Exactly. And yeah. there was an audience for those other projects, but yeah. it just didn't seem to make the impact that no. the the story about the Fireflies have made. Because no. just something about those characters, Otis Driftwood, Baby, and, and of course Captain Spaulding. I don't think the other films have anything as iconic as those. Nothing to catch on to, like, resonate with an audience at that level. 
I, I kind of like Lords of Salem. I, I didn't like it the first time, but the second viewing, I could I could see more what he was going for. I wasn't too big on 31. Yeah. yeah. I was I was excited about that one. I haven't seen 31 yet, but I saw Salem. Lords of Salem. What did you I think enjoyed it? it. It, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, yeah. It was pretty creepy and just very in, insane. Yeah, with that one, there's a lot of promise because the yeah. atmosphere is really good. The story buildup, yeah. the suspense is yeah. really good, and just the whole feel of it. Yeah. But yeah. I can I think it kind of falls apart in the third act. Like a it little almost, bit goes crazy. It almost seems like he didn't know where to go, hmm. but I could see where he was going for though, and I appreciate that he was trying to branch out, not do the same type of like a '70s grindhouse, gory horror flick. Yeah, yeah. he's telling he's going for something different. So the uh, the makeup artist Chris Nelson for the new Halloween, mm-hmm. he's been teasing in interviews what the the makeup effects are going to be like. I've read a little bit about it. Uh, he wants uh, well the the whole production, uh, John Carpenter and and uh, the director and the writers. They want something that's similar to the first one where it's implied gore implied violence mm-hmm. but, but they're trying to find a happy medium between that and something really bloody. gory and yeah. impressive and bloody something something that's gonna they call it like a postcard to the fans something that they're always that's always gonna stick in their mind for years uh, afterwards I, w- I was also reading that they had a lot of dummies for the actors because like you said they want the violence to look like postcards like that mm. scene in the first Halloween yeah. where that guy is pinned against yeah, the wall against the wall and he just stares at him and so they contort their bodies into like unnatural theatrical positions yeah. that a human body couldn't achieve. So I know they're going to be using a lot of dummy work for the new Halloween. Interesting. Okay. But he also said that there's a, a couple signature kills in there that are something mm-hmm. to really watch out for. Because he said there's a h- couple of really hardcore kills that are really going to make the fans go crazy. So it's going to be more violent than the first one, but still something in that vein. Yeah, because the first one relied on suspense a lot, and that's what I think drove it. You, that happy medium of suspense and gore. Yeah, that could work. I can yeah. see it working for the new one. Yeah. And then it turned it into something different, I think, throughout the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it started <laughs> to become more like... Not quite, but more like Friday the 13th or like, you know, glamorized, stylized, you know. Yeah, because I think Halloween, there was the first two. Then it disappeared during that whole slasher Mm -hmm. craze from the 80s, like like, uh, Jason, Freddy, Prom Night, Silent Night, all that that shit that was, it wasn't even present. It didn't come back until like the late 80s. So yeah. it seems like they were trying to catch up with uh, what all the other franchises were doing instead of being Halloween. Yeah, because they went in a completely different direction with three. With part and three, then, yeah. And then they started rethinking their position and going in a different direction. Yeah. And then rethought their position again and went in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> and then they rethought so, it again. Yeah, so I think this is going back to the original, what John Carpenter meant, how he meant for it to continue. You know? Yeah. I hope this is the the definitive sequel. Uh, I'm looking forward That's to it. That's what they say, yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> Everything's shaping up. And John Carpenter's doing Pretty the score, right? Yeah, yeah, John Carpenter doing the score, <laughs> executive <laughs> producing. Yeah. What's that? No pun intended. Oh, yeah. he said it's shaping up, <laughs> like the shape. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. 
That sounds very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. I'm a big Were fan you, of the original. You're a big fan of the, yeah. Um, from what I hear, they're trying to make this one a little bit darker. Go Good. back to the the source material. I heard the book is a lot darker. Yeah. Because I don't know if I heard correctly, but Robert Zemeckis is not a fan of the original, the Jim Henson one with Angelica mm. Houston. Yeah. So I imagine he's trying to get as far away from okay. that as possible. So well, I mean, I'm a fan of it, but they should go darker, though. Yeah. 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 Are they going to go for a puppetry thing on it, or oh. is it CG, or do you mm. know any details yet? I I don't I haven't heard if anything. If Del Toro's involved, it'll probably be puppetry. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He's more old school. For sure. Yeah, so who's going to take on Because that was Jim Henson's last movie. Mm-hmm. So who's going to take on that responsibility of, of uh, Robert Zemeckis, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh, Forrest Gump. True. He's known for that whimsical stories okay. like that. The What's that one, The Polar Express? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That won't creep me out, though. The Frighteners. <laughs> the Frighteners. So. And what e- Lies Beneath. Mm-hmm. Even though this Witches is going to be darker, it's still going to be a kid-friend, somewhat kid-friendly yeah. film, right? Just, yeah. Just kids darker. horror. Because there's a lot of yeah. scary kid-friendly yeah. films yeah. yeah children's horror uh there's something that happened a couple weeks ago the it chapter two cast was announced and it wasn't supposed to start filming until summer but apparently this week they started filming early uh james mcavoy was tweeting some uh teases so uh like i said before andy muschietti which was the director of it mm-hmm. he was originally signed on to do the pet cemetery remake but uh, Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer took over the directors of Starry Eyes. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. No, I haven't seen that one. It's excellent, good. excellent film from a couple of years ago. Really, okay. really gory, really dramatic and gory, high quality. Uh, check I love it out. the pacing in that one. How it kind of mm-hmm. just uh, proceeds to just devolve into this chaos and the and the lead performance i can't f- remember what the actress's name was i thought that was one of the best lead performances i've seen in a in a horror movie from an actress really dedicated the yeah. things that she has to go through her like huh. goes through like physical transformations yeah, and the starry eyes starry eyes yeah hmm. so the uh the filming started this week on it chapter two and uh it started of course yes started this week James McAvoy was already teasing Mm. so uh, Beverly of course in case anybody has not heard yet is Jessica Chastain that was their first that was the director's Andy Machete's first choice because she worked with him on Mama yeah Mm. that's That's why and uh, Richie is going to be Bill Hader that makes sense excellent choice for Richie that's great because he's uh, he's a really funny guy and he's shown that he has dramatic chops too then you've got uh, Bill is James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. James McAvoy, as far as I'm concerned, is a good choice, He's no matter great. what. He's great. Yeah. He's great in Split. He was uh, great in Split, yeah. Another great choice for Eddie is James Ransom from Sinister and Sinister 2. He played the cop oh. in Sinister. That is this a is kind of choice. wide-eyed, innocent type of guy oh. that, mm-hmm. that gets victimized by this evil spirit. So yeah. this is a perfect for him he has that same face that that kid has <laughs> yes that's great casting i saw like, that like that dewey dilly just like him face yeah and the other two are relative unknowns uh stanley is going to be played by andy bean and stanley was the heavy set kid so mm-hmm. this is going to be you know the where the heavy set kid grew up to be like this really good looking yeah. guy mm-hmm. 
So they got a good-looking guy for him. Everybody wanted Chris Pratt for that role. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But that, that would get a little expensive. You start filling the cast with too many yeah. well-known too many stars, actors. Too many yeah. A-listers. And finally, Mike is going to be played by Isaiah Mustafa. I haven't seen him in anything, but he looks good. Yeah, right, right. The, I don't. Are you looking forward to the sequel? What it chapter two? Yes. Oh yes, especially since that was the worst part of yeah. the miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Was the final. See, that's part. the only thing that worries me is that even in the book, I think the better part of the story is with when they're kids, and the worst part of the miniseries is when they're adults. I don't really care for any of that part. I just like the the first half. So, we'll have to see how they do because I don't think the second half of the story is inherently as good as the first half. But we'll see if they do something with it. They have got a really good cast. Well, they do have the yeah. the kids coming back for this one, so I don't know if they're going to do some extra flashbacks mm-hmm. that weren't in the miniseries. I'm not sure. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy because it. I mean, Pennywise is really good. Because yeah. they yeah. they build up the the entity of Pennywise to yeah. be you know Pennywise is just one of his forms. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they yeah. they show they portray that the true form of this entity is something grotesque yeah. and evil beyond your imagination. Yeah. Something so, that we can't even comprehend. Yeah. yeah. As as long as they sell the threat exactly. of that thing. Them. Yeah. I think they'll do they'll do well with that one, and it, it's a good director. It is a good director. A really yeah. good I really like the the. Uh, I don't. It's not really a remake because the original one was a miniseries, but I really liked yeah. uh, the last one a lot. So I'm looking forward to see what he does with the weaker part of that story. Yeah, yeah and I like yeah. it when it's the same director doing both. If you give it off to someone else, it just kind of. It's not consistent. Exactly. They had a singular vision for it, and they're going to follow it through all the way to the end, especially since the first one was such a huge success. I don't think I'd be interested if they just hired a a different director for the second one. It'd be like... It'd be just like a cash-in. That's that's what they did with the Dragon Tattoo series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fincher, and now some other guy with some other... They're doing that with Sicario. They're doing that with... It, I'd heard another one of those movies came out, so it's another director that wasn't another David Fincher or the original. Another, um, no, they're making a sequel to a sequel David to, Fincher's yeah. The Girl with the Dragon ah, Tattoo, yeah, not directed by David Fincher. And okay. Rooney Mara is not in it either. Which or, kind of... Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird. No, and it skips like two or three books. It's like the... The last one? Yeah, what I don't is know. It? Uh, it's the, the girl, girl who kicks the hornet's nest. I forgot what it was called. I don't remember girl, the yeah. order. Plates with fire. I think it's plates with fire. It's supposed to be, but this is a completely different one. It skips those two books. Wow. It's like something else. Yeah. No. The trailer was terrible. Like, they made it into some action. She's like a Jason Bourne type. She's fighting people and shit. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, that sounds oh, no. bad. <laughs> yeah, the first it's one more was actually, like it's more of a psychological thriller. Psychological yeah. thriller, yeah. kind of horror. I saw yeah. a bunch of explosions in the trailer. No, <laughs> let's just change everything that was great about the first films. And, and <laughs> on the reverse side, David Fincher is doing a straight up horror movie. The yes, uh, the World, War World War Z two. Yeah, yeah. So it That's, feels like everything's being flipped around. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting choice, and it makes me. Yeah. Very happy yeah. that that's the direction that they're going in because the the first was okay. I just it thought was it was okay. alright. Yeah, it wasn't. But it no. it could have been more impactful. You know what I mean? It seemed just like a 
a big budget Hollywood yeah, zombie thriller. Way too much CGI on the zombies. I remember I went with a, a group of friends. I was like the only one that was not that impressed with yeah. it. Everybody else was thought it was really good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he should have did the first one. He should have done the first one. Now he's done this. Yeah. It seems like a waste. Yeah. yeah, I think I, yeah, I think Brian Pitt asked him as a favor to do it. <laughs> do don't put me in something good. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> but I have uh, high hopes for it to be as good as it was meant to be in the first place. I don't know. The know. last time Fincher did a horror sequel. Yeah, but that well. Alien Three. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't that's count because yeah. that's his first movie. He yeah. had no control yeah, over that exactly. whatsoever. He's trying and, to redeem himself with this one. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna go on record and saying. I don't think Alien 3 is, is as bad as people say no, it is. No, it's not. It's actually I, really good. It's yeah. actually good, yeah. d- despite its reputation. I don't think it's a great movie, but well, it's Just compared not to the other two. Compared yeah. to the other two, it's, else it's well, kind yeah. of bad in comparison. Compared to Alien and Aliens, nothing's going to match up with that. So Yeah. And that was but, the one with Winona Ryder, right? Part 3? Um, or was that the one after that? That no, was the one before Wait, Resurrection Ryder. was after. Yeah, the fourth one. one. Yeah, okay. that, was one yeah. that one was ridiculous. This one had, um, <laughs> this one had um, Charles S. Dutton, I think. Uh, the Fincher uh, one. Yeah. And the next story, the uh, Pet Cemetery. I got a little mixed up. I started talking about the Pet Cemetery remake while we were talking about the It Chapter 2. Mm. But well, it's, it's the Pet Stephen Cemetery King. remake that has the two directors from Star Starry Eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm looking more forward to <sighs> Pet Cemetery just because I think, I think that could be done. I like the original; it's a it's a classic, and I'm kind of nostalgic for it. But I think they could do a good remake of that. I think it really depends on studio interference, because to me, if the two directors of Starry Eyes are doing a film, you let them do their thing, even if it's a high higher profile mm-hmm. film like this. That's why you get. An indie director. Yeah. Don't get an indie director and try to just control him. Yeah. yeah, mold him into what you want him to be. Yeah. You got him to be like a Starry Eyes director, which would be a perfect type of style for Pet, Pet Cemetery. Cemetery if yeah, they did definitely. It right. That's awesome. So, uh, uh, Jason Clark is going to play Lewis Creed. He's mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, he's okay. had a lot of bit parts where, he, uh, yeah. especially Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, and I think that's a guy who's prime for to come to the spotlight and have a starring okay. role. Uh, let's see. The he was also in Public Enemies with Johnny Depp. He was good in that one. Mm. Uh, Amy Selmetz is going to be Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Your Next. Who is she in Your Next? Adam Wingard. She was a uh, blonde and pretty one. Um, oh, whose yeah. wife was she? She's somebody's wife. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but she was also in Sacrament, a Ty West film. So mm-hmm. now she's worked with. Some great up and coming up and coming horror directors, which is uh, um, Adam Wingard with Your Next, and Ty West with Sacrament. Mm-hmm. So she's really making a name for herself in horror. And then of course uh, John Lithgow as That's Judd the Crandall. Best casting choice out of the mm, entire yes. thing is Don't definitely go down John that Lithgow. That's great. Yeah, that's gonna be good. <laughs> as Judd Crandall, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen um? Awesome. Do you ever see Dexter where he is the Trinity Killer? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh man, four. he was awesome. Yeah, that was one of the best parts yeah. of Dexter. Just their Amazing. whole cat and mouse thing back and forth. That was the best part of Dexter. That, that was the best fourth season, season yeah. for me. Didn't yeah. give a shit for it after that. Like it, for me, it just went too. I don't know. 
too that's, downhill after that. That's where we differ. I, I love Dexter all the way to the end. I really? like all the twists and, and turns mm. and the ch- change in dynamic, but James wasn't digging yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I had issues with a couple of seasons. The whole one with like her sister proclaiming her love for him. Yeah. I could have done yeah. without that. And the whole last season with the, 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 the CGI ending. Yeah. And, and I feel <laughs> him like riding off into this perfect storm. Yeah, that's know. true. Yeah. Here they actually mirror. They were talking about reviving that show. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and that, uh, Michael C. Hall wants to do it. Yeah. So, and originally he wanted out of it before. I think it was going on, and he wanted to, you know, just wrap it up. But now it seems yeah. like he's talking about doing Dexter again. Yeah, he should have gotten caught. He should have gotten caught. There should have been like a trial. It should have been a whole thing. A trial for yeah. Dexter. Yeah. It was like, kind of fucked up. Just he just left his son and. Yeah, it was like, what you're gonna end it like this? Dexter it seemed a return. bit selfish. Because like the whole entire series is him hiding himself, who he is. So all that should have been exposed to everyone, like on some Heisenberg yeah. thing. Yeah. And like Heisenberg got exposed, and the whole nation knew about him. Where you oh, thought yeah. he was gonna have to face who he exactly. was. Exactly. Yeah, he should have gotten yeah, caught, and maybe at the mean. end even be found not guilty. For killing only all these bad people. Yeah, that would and have been the he seemed to be developing into a character that was unselfish. Yeah, and then his final act is a selfish act. Exactly. Yeah. So I can understand that, but I still dig it to the end. Yeah. Well, like the whole killer girlfriend and and some of the scenes. Lumen like after yeah. Lumen yeah. So after Deb, after Deb finds out that he's a killer, it's really uncomfortable after that. But some of those scenes between them are so powerful. Yeah. It had its, it had its moments. moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it had its moments. After. <laughs> it had its moments. I, I realize I'm in the minority. Of <laughs> oh loving, yeah, well, loving the, Dexter. The first four end. seasons are great. Yeah, yeah, for me it's the first, first four. four seasons, and I'm good after that. And our final bit of news was uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is doing an anthology series for True TV out of all channels, mm-hmm. which is usually like documentaries and yeah. True TV and, and reality stuff, right? Oh, that's yeah. cool. I'm trying to branch out. But it sounds promising. It's gonna be. Uh, it's called Misfits and Monsters. It's uh, gonna mix multiple genres, and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is gonna write and direct it. Nice. All of them? Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's cool. And it's described as dark, fantasy, suspenseful, funny, and imaginative with twists, and also a touch of satire. Hmm. And the the cliffs they showed in the trailer look pretty funny. Like. Uh, uh, there's stories like a guy hallucinates that there's a killer cartoon running around. <laughs> Another guy uh, starts going out with a mermaid. He meets a mermaid by the ocean. It's uh, kind of whimsical then. Yeah, and in that one, it shows it shows the the girl's boyfriend diving under or or uh, the guy goes out with a mermaid, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and the father disapproves. So it shows him. He's like a big. What's the guy? Uh, uh, the the mer- big mermaid guy from Little Mermaid. King, King Triton? Oh. Yeah. King Triton. So it's kind of like King okay, Triton. Yeah, okay. So yeah. the guy was like underwater with the guy and he's like socking him in the gut. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of silly. Oh. And then there's vampires and werewolves, but it's all tongue in cheek. Okay. So, so it's uh, fun or not serious. Yeah. 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 Okay. And he's, he said he's going to mix multiple genres together that don't normally go together. So I personally like Bobcat Goldthwaite's It seems writing. like a good fit for him for what he does. Be yeah. interesting, definitely, yeah. Because he's he's only done uh, Willow Creek in horror. 
So this is anthology horror in the sense that every episode is a different story or every season is different. Every, everyone's a different story. He, he, he said he's going to challenge the viewer by, by having different characters and different actors in each episode. In each episode. Okay. okay. Because usually when like one filmmaker does uh, yeah. like the whole season of something, it's usually because it's like one long story. Yeah. In anthology series, you're used to seeing like different writers, different directors yeah. for each episode. Yeah. Like Black make, Mirror. Yeah, like Black yeah. Mirror. Yeah. So it makes it kind of interesting where he just wants it to be uh, his voice, I guess. Well, ever since he did um, World's Greatest Dad with Robin Williams, yeah, like That's this right. is a director to watch. And then the couple yeah. things he's done since then, uh, God Bless America and the Willow, Willow Creek, the horror film that he did, it's like a Bigfoot horror mm-hmm. film. And they haven't quite measured up to World's Greatest Dad, like the direction I thought he was yeah. going in. World's okay. Greatest Dad is and great. this seems like a project he can really sink his teeth into. And he's describing it as, what if Cape Fear and Roger Rabbit had a baby? Hmm. So that hmm. that sounds interesting. I'll be checking that out. So true out. TV. True TV. Did you watch anything interesting this week, guys? Yeah, I saw Hereditary last night. What yeah. did you think of it? That was really good. Uh, it was, um, had some creepy, creepy moments. Yeah, I have issues with the whole like you know paranormal thing. I'm not really into paranormal ghost stories, devil stuff. More into like um, yeah. harsher reality. Is it, you, yeah, you, you can't invest in something I mean, like that. I could, but it's just like it's kind of, it feels like a cop out sometimes. Yeah. It's like the devil. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's this like omnipresent evil thing that's supposed to be evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool though. I had some great moments though. Yeah. Which excellent, think? excellent acting, and we yeah. we discussed it last See, week. We both raved oh, about okay, it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We both liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, Terry Collette was ama- it was amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, her job. performance. Yeah. I actually saw um, because of you, because of your recommendation, um, Ari, the director of Her- Hereditary, yeah. his short film, The Thing About the Johnsons. Ari I, I read all about that. The I strange seen thing it. about the Johnsons. The yeah. strange <laughs> thing about the Johnsons. Ari Oster, yeah. Uh, Ari Oster, where I get the. Uh, Kid seduces his dad. Right? Yeah, that, that was insane. Is that a third twenty-nine minute short film. It's <laughs> fucked up, dude. It's I wrong. Fucked my head up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I could tell it's the same director of Hereditary. Even as different as it is, it's just because the willingness to go to like uncomfortable territory yeah, or yeah. spaces that are a little bit queasy and less comfortable. It it certainly made me uncomfortable. So it's like it's a crazy movie. A horror, a, a short horror film about. <laughs> incest yeah. and a uh, son seducing his father and he and he sold it like and he, he sold did it. it like at first i didn't think i'm like no nah, this is not gonna it's gonna be cheesy campy but it, he sold it yeah. it was also controversial too because Definitely. it's um a white director yeah. um, working with a uh it's a black family it's an all black cast yeah. it's an all-black cast yeah. so it's kind of contra it was controversial because the the way that i guess a white director is portraying a black family yeah where he said that 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 aspect was was not important yeah. to the story. Yeah, it's more about the family. Yeah, it's more about Having the family the and the the incest. It's, it 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 creeped me out. Was it graphic in any way as far as gore or sexually? Not gore, no. but it's, it's more implied. teased at. But it's uh, it's teased at enough that it makes you yeah. feel really. It's very suggestive. Suggestive, yeah. creeped out. Yeah, it it's worth checking out, but. 
you should be aware of what this is. <laughs> this isn't just like a typical horror. It's pretty sick. It's yeah. about, and you know. Did you watch it and think, I'm watching a director who's going to do something great one day? Kind of, yeah. I yeah. actually did. Yeah. Because the mood and, the, and, and just the whole ambiance of the film, the atmosphere, it was there. Like, yeah. Yeah. He made, a, he made it into a horror film, sort of felt like. Yeah, just a, how was the act? How did the acting compare? I think it was pretty good, especially yeah. from the, the dad. Was really good. The dad and the mom were great. The son was good. There was two sons, like a younger one and an older one. Brandon Greenhouse, who was the son. The that son. was my favorite performance yeah. in the movie. He's the older fucking, son, right? Yeah, yeah the older yeah. son, because the, the way he is, yeah. and I mean, the dad is kind of culpable too, because who allows their son? I like the dad's performance. To, to you can show that what kind of person he is like very yeah. passive very just yeah really yeah. passive but yeah. like the son tries to make it at, look at like oh you're not a victim like you know you like love it's it. love like it's uh, love and the son's love. like it's not what? bad uh, yeah like sounds like 15 bad. it goes still crazy no he's it starts off when, when he's, he's 15, 15 but it ends up when he's a lot older and you know and a you, grown man you, it's implied that it's been going on this entire time I yeah, see. yeah I it's see. entire so it's pretty uncomfortable, way different from Hereditary, but I could tell that it's the same guy trying to explore really uncomfortable territory. Check it out, so long as you're not easily creeped out by <laughs> incest and grimy subject matter yeah. like that. It's taboo, but it happens. It way happens, more, it's, it's more, real. more common than people think. Yeah, it's crazy. I know it is. Though. So was the horror in it at all like Hereditary? Or, no, or, or could I it see, even be considered? I see horror. similarities of like, okay, controlling parent or yeah. controlling I family, controlling family parents. dysfunction. Thing. See, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of the horror in Hereditary, though not the supernatural horror. But to, oh, yeah. to talk about what it reminds me of would spoil the move. Would spoil uh, Hereditary. Okay, okay. It reminds me of more of the realistic, uncomfortable aspects of Hereditary. Where, like, yeah. we were talking, like, some of the dramatic scenes were yeah. scary and intense, just yeah. like the the horror scenes. Yeah. So it's a little more, yeah. more in that vein because it's not a supernatural thing. In the That's end. the kind of horror I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, the other movie I watched was uh, Adam Green's Victor Crowley. Have you seen that one oh, yet? No, I haven't seen that one. It's the, the Hatchet sequel. prequel. Or yeah. sequel. Yeah. A yeah. sequel, yeah. Sequel. And it was actually a secret film that he made. He was, he was making it in secret for two years. And then he it was uh, at the Arclight, I believe, up in Hollywood. Hmm. He had an event that was a, a Hatchet appreciation event. Mm-hmm. And then when he got everybody in the theater, he said, surprise, it's my new, oh, shit. My new Hatchet movie. That's pretty cool. And it's... It's really cool, but the main thing that's cool about it is he's that he's continuing the franchise. Yeah, it doesn't add anything to the franchise. It doesn't doesn't oh, okay. bring anything really new to it. Mm. It's just, just a retread. Yeah, it continues the story where it's it's kind of weird how uh, uh, the Asian guy Perry Shen. Yeah, but he's been in uh, one, two, three, and now four. Okay, but it's kind of confusing because in one and two, he played brothers. Mm-hmm. So he was in one, and then you think he gets killed, and then he he shows up in part two. I guess what I'm this I was this other guy's twin brother. That guy gets killed, and then he's a completely different character, unrelated character in three. So mm-hmm. he's the same mm-hmm. character in three, in number There's four. There's never been a prequel to like show the beginning of, of no, but but they do tell the story pretty much every 
every time. film. Every they, film. <laughs> to but, me, that's and, and, the good. Like the, they should do a movie about that. See, yeah. just yeah. because the title is uh, the title is Victor Crowley, I thought it would be like, yeah, a, prequel like a prequel or an origin story because yeah. it's saying that it's about him. It's not Hatchet, the Hatchet yeah. exactly. Murders. It's yeah. Victor Crowley. Well, being as big a, fa- a fan as I am of Adam Green, I wanted to see a different direction. Like, mm-hmm. I watched it and I was like, basically, that was entertaining. I'll take it, but it was nothing like holy shit. Like he went in a, diff- a different direction with Part Three, which was a more dramatic more story driven film and a lot of the fans rejected it and I personally loved it it was with uh, Caroline I, Williams from Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre 2 I like the first two a lot a, a lot more than the third one though yeah the, the personal thing it affected me more I actually um I saw Unfriended this week oh shit social media that. horror I've seen horror. That. no not really social what well, kind of yeah Facebook. it kind of is yeah. did you see it yeah I mean I didn't like seek it out yeah <laughs> i was it was on i was just starting at a moment i was just like flipping channels and i watched it and i, I, I didn't get bored no i, I, I didn't it. either I, I was actually talking shit last yeah. week on about yeah. the trailer for unfriended 2 kind oh, of smirking okay. at it i thought it sounded dumb yeah and he thought he it was me, so funny that i liked the first one i thought the first yeah one was really so good. i told him i was like I you know what too. i'll watch it this week and i'll get back to you and i'll, okay. I'll let you know what i think and i was pretty surprised that the movie got as much mileage as it did out of its concept. Seriously, yeah. And I didn't know that the entire thing was going to be fixed to a computer screen. Yeah. So yeah. it's all just one computer screen, and it tells the story through, like, webcam, mm-hmm. face chat, Facebook, like, the messenger in Facebook, email, yeah. YouTube. Uh, that's, that's what the whole movie is, like, switching yeah. back and forth between, like, a big group chat between these kids. Yeah. And... I was never bored. Yeah, it was well done. Yeah, I and was surprised. Did, for did you see what, what I mean about the acting? Like yeah. it's fairly realistic acting. Like it is. It mm-hmm. it didn't seem like actors in a horror film. No, it seemed like I'm watching these kids who act like kids. The kids who hang out with mine. Yeah, my kids. You know. Yeah. Better be careful if your kids are hanging out with <laughs> like that. Those kids yeah, were all rotten. <laughs> yeah, because I. That's terrible thing too. They, they all have terrible secrets. children. Yeah, but I thought it went in some pretty cool directions. It, it, it did. I was so convinced. It, what I did like about it too is, um, I like the opening because it's uh, Universal Studios and Blumhouse. I uh, rented it to stream, and I thought that it was glitching out. Mm. like my streaming was fucking up when it was doing the universal logo and then i was like wait no that's part of the movie because it's glitching out like it would on a computer but i will say this it pales in comparison to the den which is like a found footage movie a lot of it is told through a webcam through a computer vastly superior but but unfriended is good is just because it's it's such a surprise that it's good yeah yeah the den is really truly i I wasn't expecting much when i first saw it and Neither was I, and what I, I find interesting about it is because it's all this um, computer screen of this girl, and you see her switching back and forth. It really forces you to pay attention to what's happening on camera because you might see somebody in the corner um, yeah. in their video. You might see a message pop up. You might see like mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. notification, and, and like all of it is important. So you spend the entire time searching the frames to see yeah what's happening next and what's going on which is what was good about the paranormal activity yeah. films is when they have one static shot and you're looking all over the frame for something yeah. behind the person you know and 
I like the little jump scares too because they work because it's on a computer where like the computers start glitching out and then you see a quick yeah. like flash yeah. of something that just comes at you, comes at you. And have you ever been threatened on the computer? Like for instance, I was chatting one time and and the guy was able to get some personal information about mm. me and he started like. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to come to your mm. house and shit like that. But That's scary. It, I thought Unfriended captured that kind of skeevy feeling that you get that when, you're, when your computer <laughs> is invaded mm-hmm. and your privacy is invaded. It's it's very much a millennial horror movie, too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. like an older person who is not familiar with computers <laughs> is going to have a hard time. Yeah. comprehending <laughs> yeah. a lot of what's going on in this movie and what's that what's this is that email messenger like if yeah. you're not like computer or tech savvy just in the slightest bit it's gonna confuse you so after watching it have you softened your stance on the new unfriended no <laughs> and the reason is because i liked it and it's, it was an interesting experiment but i don't picture I don't think that's a good way to continue to do film movies. I think that it was a good experiment and and it worked, but now you're just going to be repeating the same gimmick. Again, I I could be wrong because I was proven wrong by it, but I don't feel that's a style of filmmaking that should become a a trend. It feels like once is enough, that's what kind of makes it special, and it should be left at that. Yeah, like when but Friend Request came out, I, I was not interested in the slightest bit to see Friend Request. I haven't seen that. Friend Request. <laughs> yeah. Social media horror. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of those. Horror sure is a Facebook. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about our guest here. Yes. Cool. Alfredo cool. Abunza. Alfredo Abunza, yeah. That's right. So you didn't start out doing movies in the horror genre, did you? Um, kind of. Um, I started like writing mm-hmm. horror a lot further down the line, and I started shooting films um, on my own a little bit, and then I got more when I got into school, to okay. film school. We started shooting there, but more it's like not really horror. It's just dark. It's just really any genre that I take. I kind of just put my own thing on it. Yeah. yeah. And you, you approach your films from a dramatic standpoint, like I was telling you before. It seems like your films, uh, they they don't set themselves up as horror genre films. Yeah, yeah no, they, And they the the horror comes from the drama. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It evolves yeah. out of the, the storyline. Yeah, exactly. It's natural. Yeah. What, what are some of your influences or some of your favorite horror movies that... I mean, I can go as far as back as, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween... Even the first um, Child's Play was really, really good. So are your influences as a writer the same films as the one that influences you as mm. a director? It's a good question. No, it's not. Uh, writer, from a writing standpoint, I mean, I like more dramatic, more yeah. dramatic films like uh, Boogie Nights. As far Great as like, movie. Yeah, yeah, Boogie Nights and... Reminds me of Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. We were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. Classic um, films. Yeah, character-driven films. I like yeah. the study a person. There will be blood. It has that same kind of feel to it. And um, yeah, the horrors of like, a character study. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what I liked about your two films was family was more. It was uh, it was driven by the 
the drama and the the story and the gore, but it was also driven by uh, I don't know what I'm going for uh, storyline, interpersonal relationships. Was, yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, a more dialogue in it. Yeah, where yeah. dialogue kind of helped push the story along yeah. but then you, you get a sense film. of uh, their family history through the dialogue just the things that they say to him yeah. the, the things that they say to each other you could kind of get a feeling of what they've been doing yeah. and what they've yeah. been up to yeah. but then your film Nothing But Ants much less dialogue yeah. but All it's still visual. effective storytelling yeah, yeah and I like that she went for both those styles because usually a director especially a writer director mm-hmm. will go for one or the other yeah you know yeah uh, either heavy dialogue or heavy on the style of yeah. the visual filmmaking. I mean, I like it, that you do both. Yeah, well, whatever the story dictates. I mean, I come up with a story and it either has less dialogue or not. I feel like I have no choice in that. Yeah, and, and it seems like you approach horror that way too. Yeah. So I'm going to tell a story. If there's horror in it, then it's going to be then in it. But if it's not, it's exactly, not. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you think there's any like difference in approach to writing horror as there is to writing drama? Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I think you're more aware of your audience, but at the same time, again, it starts with a story. Like, if what is horror? And horror can be, like, even Taxi Driver could be a horror film, mm-hmm. you know, in a certain light. But, um, yeah, it, it all depends. It depends on the story and the characters, and it just comes out of that. Yeah. So, did you know that, that uh, your the other horror film family did you know you were gonna make like a 20 25 minute film yeah yeah the script was about the the same amount of uh, pages now i had the same problem too that mm-hmm. because of the length of my first horror film which was uh, 35 minutes long oh, wow, okay. i wasn't able to get into festivals like oh, i got yeah, close yeah. and they would yeah. the festival director yeah. would even call me and said i have two to three filmmakers i can put in this spot or I can put yours. Yeah. And he said, even though I like yours and it deserves to be in the festival, I can't take that much time away from other filmmakers. Yeah, so yeah. did you run into yeah. the same problem? Um, not like consciously. I mean, I, I I didn't think about that. I told the story, I wanted to tell the story of family and I kind of just told it in my own way. I didn't think about the length. Maybe I went mm-hmm. back later and I started cutting down stuff. But yeah, I usually try to keep it between 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes I go a little bit over 20. Yeah. But under 30 usually for shorts so. under under th- 30 seems to be what festivals prefer yeah just so yeah. they can show more and then i wanted to do something shorter so nothing but ants was about eight minutes yeah eight okay. minutes. that was like a short something that we did in between productions it's easier to fit in at, at festivals that is easier yeah yeah definitely. what that reminded me of the visual style and the editing and mm-hmm. i I guess it's it's technically not a horror movie, but it's certainly horrifying. Is Requiem for a Dream? Yeah, like yeah. the editing and the anxiety, and especially the way that the mom is behaving. Yeah, like, which one? Me. Which one do you remind you of that one? Uh, nothing but ants reminds okay. me a little bit of uh, Requiem for a Dream. And she mm-hmm. was really convincingly crazy. She was great, right? Yeah, yeah. She Shout didn't out to seem Ag like Jones. An, she didn't seem like an actress sitting there acting all fidgety. Yeah, no, she, she, she seemed like unhinged. a crazy person. She's yeah. great. <laughs> Annie Jones, she's a great actress. And from I really felt what that was doing to the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, because he, he didn't seem like a whiny kid who was like, "Oh, my mom's crazy." It, it just the shots that you chose. 
like when she's acting crazy yeah it shows him and then the, the mm-hmm. ants flash in his yeah. head mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. see it just digging yeah. into his psyche like this is making him a little bit crazy yeah i mean the whole idea behind that was i mean you have the the jasons and the michael myers and the freddies and yeah you see them they they look like monsters yeah. you can tell that's a, like not a normal person but with these shooters going on nowadays you can walk anywhere in a crowded area and anyone could be one of these monsters and they just blend in and that's yeah. what i wanted to tell i wanted to just say like it could be literally anyone a and that's scarier than seeing jason coming at you yeah and, you know? and it wasn't set up like that it didn't look like it was that's obviously gonna it's yeah, a story of a yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that's where the story was yeah. heading. It just seemed like yeah. anxiety driven, mm-hmm. and it, it yeah. just seemed kind of horrifying, yeah. even though you're not clear where it's heading. And yeah. then by the end, you realize, oh, this is a killer. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I wanted to get into like the shooter's mind state right before mm-hmm. him doing something. But yeah, you, you weren't yeah. making it obvious that that was what was, I wasn't was trying leading to, yeah, up to. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. when you see that that was what it led up to, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it doesn't come out of the blue. It makes yeah. sense. Because of the way you told the yeah, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you use the same composer for both? I didn't notice. Um, no. No, for family, it was um, the editor, my friend Josmo, uh, okay. scored it. And then nothing but ants, I got a composer to kind of custom make a score okay. for it. Because yeah. Yeah. in, in uh, family, mm-hmm. it was lower on score, but it was really effective what score you had there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, it was much more subtle. And then the other one, because it had less dialogue, it's much more score heavy, and I thought the score really worked. Yeah, well yeah. Shout out to Xavier. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did the score. Xavier Garcia. It makes you feel uneasy, and even though it's not apparent that you're watching something that's going to lead into something so deadly, yeah, the music makes you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Without you can feel it's heading somewhere bad. Cool. Yeah, without being in your face. Ah, oh, look, this is scary. You know, I was really impressed with your patience yeah. as a filmmaker and Thank the pacing you. in your films and the way you tell a story. I'm glad and you noticed that. Yeah. When it starts off, it doesn't seem like it's going to end up in the gory place that it does. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's going to go there. I mean, like I mean the, the you cannibal. never see any gore. Yeah, it's you never not see any gore. Out. Yeah. Oh. I didn't want to. I didn't want to show the ending of like. Yeah. You, you, you kind of guess what's happening. It's like we were talking about with Halloween, the implied gore. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. still do use makeup for it, though. There still seems to be a little bit of like. Wait, family or ants? family? Family, yes. Okay, okay. yeah, that was gore and family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of it was on the dinner table with the, yeah, yeah. the, the cutting, the sushi. Was that a ch- uh, challenge shooting that scene with all the gore yeah. and the blood and the, yeah. it was pretty good, um, especially for, most of the challenge was because, I mean, yeah, even though it was shot in Miami, that night was 46 degrees. It was oh. one of the coldest nights in like Miami, 2013 in March. And it was cold as hell. She had to be there in her underwear. <laughs> yeah, it was. And you crazy. had all those extras. That they had quite we a few. We had hostages. a couple of extras. Yeah, that was a couple of days later, not that same cold day, but yeah. Okay. And so they were also they were supposed to be naked. They were naked uh, in the script, but we couldn't find enough extras. Yeah. To cover that, so they had to just stay in their underwear. So you got dedicated actors to work on this. Yeah, that yeah. That sounds like really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of put it out there and. Uh, people shut off <laughs> and it's kind of also what she's doing what she's being at the reason she's in her underwear what she's being asked exactly, to do that yeah. sounds like it's a challenge especially in the yes. cold yeah that and was then you're supposed to be this victim that's we slowly would, uh, being we would run out apart. between takes and just cover her in a blanket <laughs> yeah it was fun what was the inception of that 
idea? How did that idea come about? Family came from um, the idea if like meat was infected and you couldn't eat it anymore. If like the actual animals became infected and even if they breed new ones, they just they have this, some sort of infection inside of them yeah. that they can't be eaten. So people and, and people would just start cannibalizing or maybe turning to human yeah meat. exactly yeah but the idea started how you did the wraparound how it starts with the news stories exactly and it yeah, ends with yeah that, but then yeah. it then it explores mm-hmm. what this phenomenon means to mm-hmm. this family exactly yeah because they were a butcher company yeah. and they started going under because of the meat were you consciously thinking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when you did it? Because I get a lot of vibes. Yeah. Or did it just sleep in subconsciously? It, um, probably subconsciously, yeah. I mean, I know there was elements of that whole cannibal family thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just do my take on it as far as, like, from a selling meat point of view. Yeah. More of a, yeah. And I love what you did with the grandpa. Grandpa was cool. <laughs> because that, that little dissension between him and the younger son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then you think he's kind of going along with the family, but then he... Yeah, yeah. Kind of switches. He's, he's old school. You know, he doesn't doesn't appreciate the way they've ruined his business. Yeah. You could even see it at the beginning when he's watching, like, his grandson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he looks disgusted yes. by what they're doing yeah. and what it's become. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, what do you want me to do? I'm a helpless old man. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just really liked the way the whole thing played out. Cool, that appreciate nice. that, man. Yeah, yeah. Proud felt, of that one. Felt natural. Cool. So, uh, what kind of lighting did you do on that one? Because the lighting was even first of all, and then yeah. some of the night shots you did. It was very dark, but I could see really well what was going on, and I could see the stark colors in the dark. Yeah. How did you How did you do that? I mean, we had a great DP. Um, I think it was Mark Altieri. A friend of mine uh, from school. We had a couple of light kits, and I mean, at that point, we were very green, as I would say. We were just starting out. We had this. We weren't. It wasn't the most <laughs> professional crew, I guess I would say. Yeah. We were just starting out. There's a lot of mistakes in it. If I if I look back, I can see a bunch of flaws in it. Well, but I didn't see anything amateur yeah. about it. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of promise yeah in that film that I it see. took a lot i mean a lot of people just came together and worked on it um yeah it was pretty cool it's, it's kind of like it's similar things that we've seen in movies like texas chainsaw massacre and other yep. cannibal films but yeah. it, it plays out differently to me it, it feels has a different feel to it cool yeah it's and i love the dynamic different. between the father and the sons and yeah, yeah i wanted to do i wanted it to be its family first story yeah everything else that comes with it yeah and the, the older son i felt his grief because he's of great, what the father yeah. was doing to him. He's great. And how he was kind of beat down at first. And yeah. then it's kind of a natural progression how he becomes so... Enraged. Yeah, yeah, enraged with yeah. the situation that he's yeah. finally able to fight back. Yeah. He's yeah. great. He's, he actually moved out here to L.A. Christian oh, Ochoa. Sure. He's been uh, in a couple of things. I've noticed in recent years it was all a lot of like the activity when people were shooting like short films and a lot of like the more underground stuff it used to always be just in LA California Hollywood yeah I starting to see it branch out to I see a lot of stuff coming out of Florida a lot of stuff coming out of Miami Austin Texas yeah see more film communities popping up around the country definitely I see a lot especially in Miami they have these little indie theaters you can go and screen them there Uh, Filmgate is one uh, company that really helps out a lot of indie filmmakers. Well, the, tell yeah. us about the process so far of you finding locations. Have you ever officially 
secured locations or did you go from from that, like guerrilla making guerrilla filmmaking yeah. kind of get in and out and graduate to securing locations or how did you do yeah that? um we did a lot of guerrilla um securing locations i mean we have people that we might know that own a location or know a place yeah. that we get their permission i haven't used the permit <laughs> okay. at all in any of my films because like especially yeah. on uh, family, yeah. family, that's a good location. Good location. For, it's pretty perfect for the story, yes. and it seems like it was built around the story. Yeah, it's a it's a farm that a friend of mine we had access to, and the guy, the owner of it, was awesome. He was so cool and so down. He let us use it until like, you know, to two, yeah. four in the morning. You tell him that you're going to do a little cannibal film at his house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking he like, was, how did he get this? He Location was is so perfect. <laughs> he was down with it. He helped us out a lot, man. He mm -hmm. was great. Shout out to Patrick. <laughs> and um, we lucked out with that location. And uh, we might use that location again for the, the snow film that we're shooting. So but, you seem to like to put social issues in your films. And like I told you before, it seems to have a message in each one without driving yeah. that message down your throat. It's so not preachy. Yeah. yeah. So, so how did you come up with the inception for the one about the school shooting? Was it directly yeah. from watching these school shootings um, on TV? Yeah, I mean, obviously I became uh, just frustrated with everything that's been going on. Everybody just, you know, you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know from who it's coming from. But the original inception came from, um, I was hanging out with some friends and I saw one of them spit into a ant pile. Yeah. And once he spit, all the ants just came up and just started like running around. Uh, they were running around crazy. And it just gave me the idea of like someone walking into a mall, sorry, and shooting up a place and the people scattered like ants. Uh, kind of gave me that, that idea. There was a scene in the film, in the script, where he spits into an ant pile, but we couldn't find the right ant pile. That was crazy. That would be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I went around people. everywhere <laughs> looking for empires. Yeah. But we just couldn't find the right color, then just the right, it just couldn't, it wouldn't look on a camera. So we ended up doing the whole ant farm thing. Yeah. And that way we, I bought an ant farm from Amazon and it shipped like, you know, 25 ants in a little tube. Uh, like, and we just threw them in there and I just had to like let them dig. So I had, I had them for like two weeks. As they dig their way, and once we were ready, we just shot and we broke it and we just freed them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, how did the the ants relate to his mental state? Um, in that sense, that like when he does that, when, when the ants started like coming out of the thing, that you can just like pick at them, just k kill them one by one, mm -hmm. and how people ah. react like ants in that situation. Like they just they're just mindless, just running around like a chicken without a head. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just pick them off like ants. Like, and his mind state, people were like nothing but ants. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was leading to some kind of suicide thing, especially when I saw the gun. Yeah. 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 And I didn't expect it to go to a shooter, a mass shooter type yeah. of thing, but it made sense the way you told the story. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a sort of suicide. I mean, we, we imply, not imply, but we guess that yeah. he ends up dying. Yeah great editing too yeah, yeah i was gonna say the editing did yeah the, that the editing is what really it's what really makes the movie there's a lot Definitely. of little jarring moments yeah and they come at just the right time yeah to get under yeah your skin they go Ooh. great editor man shout yeah, out to jaws you know those those extreme close-ups on his face and all of a sudden the ants, yeah the kind ants, of, yeah kind of jars you cool i'm glad <laughs> that was the intended aim yeah 
Because so we didn't have a lot to work with. We just had a simple story. And once we shot everything, yeah, he had to go in there and really, yeah, the editing is what makes it, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of horror can be pulled out of that, Definitely. that type of concept. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like uh, in uh, the movie Homeroom, I don't know if you've seen that one. Homeroom, no. Uh, it shows a school shooting in that. Really? And the creepiest part... What year part, is this movie? Uh, it's 2006, 2007, oh, no. or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But just the feeling that it gives you, it's uh, where people are crouched down hiding in a classroom. Really? And on the other side of the door, you hear commotion, you hear shooting, and you don't know mm-hmm. whether that shooter's going to come in the door mm-hmm. on you. You don't know what... It's, it's real uh, horror, what, man. Which one yeah, of your friends horror. are getting killed right now. And that's always yeah. something that I thought could be captured. Like, even if you don't make the movie about a, uh, a mass shooting like that, just that feeling of danger on the other side of that door yeah. and, and is it going to get me and mm-hmm. what's it doing to my it's friends? fucking you know? scary, man. Yeah. 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 So I, I think you pulled horror from that scenario in a very unique, yeah. very well. unique way. Thank you, guys. Just Appreciate by that. suggestion, cinematography, yeah. Yeah, editing, yeah. and score, you yeah. get the, the sense of horror. I'd rather show than tell, you know, yeah. the whole ideology. Visual yeah. medium, filmmaking. Exactly, yeah. And the, the contrast in style between those two movies, that they were both horror and they were both dramatically driven horror, and the way you decided to tell it with dialogue in the first and with, with some gore, and in the second one you decided to tell it visually yeah. with metaphors yeah. and stuff, I, I, I just think that shows... Range. Uh, yeah, range and cool. a filmmaker with a bright future. Cool. That's why I was excited that, to have you. Once I watched oh. those two short films, I like, right, I'm I'm excited <laughs> to talk to this guy. Appreciate yeah. that, man. Appreciate that a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Just tell good stories. So you, just... you're working on another horror film now or a yeah. finished one? Yeah, we had just finished one that's making its rounds to the festivals. And uh, we got accepted to one festival before. We had one screening. And we're having another screening this Saturday which I won't be there for, but um, and it's still, I'm still waiting to hear back from a couple of festivals. Did you, uh, while you're down here, have you entered in any festivals in L.A.? No, I haven't. I haven't gone to one yet. Yeah, those are a little bit yeah. harder to... Yeah, I mean, to I, we had submitted it to the L.A. Film Festival, but I think we got in a little late, and it wasn't accepted, but I think it's because they didn't have time. But. That happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's done, and now we're sh- we're starting to shoot Scum. It's uh, it's kind of a dark drama. Um, we're in Fe- production of that feature yeah. length. And no, it's a short. It's, it's about short? Uh, yeah, twenty to twenty five. Yeah. But you said you had a feature though that you're uh, in development. Yeah, yeah, I've written um, a couple features. I've written two features. One that's I think it's pretty much done, and then another one that's a horror that I need to make some revisions on still yeah do you want uh, a future in the business as a horror director or you just want to let the yeah. story dictate yeah I've, I've thought about that a lot um, like I do because I love the horror genre but at the same time I, I don't want to be like stuck to that genre you don't want to be pigeonholed yeah so it's hard because that, but then I hear like things of like from agents and agencies that it's good to focus on one thing because it's a good way for them to market you if you're all over the place they don't know how to market you yeah. you know so it's like from a business standpoint it's good to be pigeonholed because they know what to do with you and what projects to send to you yeah. it's genre films like horror are yeah. easier in the industry yeah. to break into Definitely. than yeah. uh, dramas exactly. or straight dramas yeah. there's yeah. more of a more people exactly. willing to finance low budget films yeah. about 
about horror yeah. than they are about dramas. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a good into the. Industry. It's a good in, yeah, and I love horror, yeah. and everyone, every genre that I t- do tag on, even if it's a drama, it's going to be some sort of horrific yeah. element to it. Yeah, I was going to say, even when you explore other genres, it seems yeah. like you, your inspiration comes from the darker side. Definitely, of humanity, definitely. Yeah. I try to keep that in every script. Yeah, even this drama is about addiction that we're shooting now. It's about addiction and about how it fucks up families. That's its own horror. That's right its there. own horror, exactly. Yeah, I try like to focus were, on like reality horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it reminded you of uh, yeah, Requiem for, for a Dream, so it, it seems like a natural yeah. extension yeah. of that idea. Yeah, it's more of a, it's kind of a, it's a it's a young girl searching for her brother who's been missing for about two years. He's an addict, and she gets like a call from him, talking all this nonsense that she thinks that he's back in town, so it's her looking for him basically going down deeper into this rabbit hole life that uh, mm-hmm. her brother is a part of until she eventually finds him and it's when kid things get crazy it's good yeah. Yeah. so we're about halfway shooting that a little bit less than halfway we shot a couple scenes we need a couple more scenes to go are you doing this one gorilla as well this one is we have a couple indoor locations that we secured it's supposed to be my my house and a couple other places but yeah we're shooting it on the streets because it's a lot of street shots. Them walking yeah. around into the city. I want the city to be a really big part of it. How, like, there's all these people in the city. And just everyone's just... It can happen to anyone. Like, yeah. for this particular film, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider my character special in any way. Like, it can happen to anyone. And yeah. I don't want to emphasize, like, oh, this person is special, so she gets the happy ending. Just no. regular people. Regular people. It can happen to anyone. So Perfect. I like a lot of shots of them blending in with background characters. You don't, yeah. you, you don't really see where they are. They could, they could literally just be anyone. Yeah. Now, how do you raise your budget, or or you just you just go with a no budget yeah. type of thing? Just yeah, um, pay whatever you have to as you. Yeah, go I mean, I try to do it mostly on my own. This was the first film that we tried to raise funds for crowdfunding. Okay. We attempted it. We tried it, and we got a, a good amount. Uh, not enough that from what we needed, but. I'm still trying to just raise it. Yeah, out of pocket on my own. They look like they have a budget. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, I mean, we're using a lot of good good equipment. A lot of good friends help, are helping out. So we're shooting with a red Epic. So oh, Perfect. That's, cameras. You can't ask for anything else. Yeah. So is there a lot of camaraderie in the Miami filmmaking there scene? There is, definitely, yeah. I mean, I usually work with the same couple of people. Um, my DP now is I've worked with him he was my DP on Nothing But Ants he's also the editor for Family he shot my last film All Is Empty and now we're shooting this one together and he's editing this one as well you have a small core group that you work with over yeah yeah more so with this new production I met a couple more people and uh, the first couple days of shooting was great we all worked really well yeah well I'm, I'm excited to see what you do next yeah man sure. appreciate that getting it, getting it through it is the yeah is the, yeah you know so what keep, I mean uh, keep checking on our page we're gonna let you guys know uh, this guy's progression with the new movies coming out we'll also post some uh, links if you don't mind to, sure. to yeah on you, our page what to you showed us so horror, far cool short film so you can no check problem. our Facebook page horror show yeah at, at Pickles Horror Show at Pickles Horror Show so you can check that on Facebook, and we'll post your videos. Cool. 
Awesome. Uh, before we end the podcast, is there anything else you wanted to... Uh, um, not just... Let um, film fans know? Yeah. Just looking out, uh, keep looking out for good stories. That's what, that's what we're trying to do. Tell stories and make you disturb you. <laughs> make you feel uncomfortable. That's the perfect thing for horror. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we'd like to thank Alfredo Albanzo for come sit, come in, uh, sitting in with us today. And good thank luck going back to Miami me. and you know, on your future projects. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for Hopefully having me. Will you come back to LA soon? Definitely. Yeah. Right. Try to come back maybe in November. All right. All right. There's a uh, director to watch, folks. Alfredo Albanzo. Thank you guys. All right. That's all the time for us this week. Uh, come back next week Horror Hounds for episode 8 this concludes episode 7 of Ghost Manor Rivera's Horror Show podcast happy horror happy horror happy horror